I was reading through this passage of Scripture. 1 Kings chapter number 19 is where we'll be taking our text from. But 1 Kings chapter 19, when I said that, everybody knows the story of Elijah, about how uh, Ahab and Jezebel, this is the story of him running away to the cave. But I was reading this one day, and I want you to know something through this. And I've been reading, I've heard it preached thousands of times, I've read it thousands of times, and always looked over this one little word. I want to preach on this one little word, and as we read, maybe it will pop out to you. If not, we'll read it again. But in verse number 9, it says, And he came thither into a cave, and lodged there, and behold... The word of the Lord came unto him and said unto him, What, what, what doest thou here, Elijah? Let's read it again. And he came unto, unto a cave, and, and the next word, lodged there. I want to preach a message on the danger of lodging in the cave. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord God, I come to you in prayer, Lord God. I beg for your power, God. I need your presence, Lord God. I pray that you please hide me behind the cross. God, I pray that you please let this message touch somebody tonight, Lord God. Please help somebody through this message tonight, Lord God. And I love you, and I want to tell you thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. Now, I have been warned by two people. Well, one person says preach 12 minutes. The other one says preach 5 because there's a bunch of hungry Baptists in this church. So I will not preach long. But we see in verse number, uh, chapter number 9, And he came through them to a cave and lodged there. What I want to preach to you is the danger of lodging in the cave. Now we see, he says, what causes a saint to lodge? What is the danger of lodging in a cave? Well, we see, number one, his depression caused him to lodge. We see in verse number Verse number four it says, but he, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down unto, un, under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And he said, it is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. We see the depression causes him to run to a cave to lodge there. He says, but I'm so glad when he says it is enough, ain't you glad that when you say stuff that you don't mean, God, God says, well, you know what, Elijah? No, it's not enough. You, you, can, you need to go on and do the work of Christ. Do the work that I have set before you. But we see in verse number four, his depression. We see that he that God does not, if you read the whole passage, I won't read it for sake of time, and I won't go back to do the history of Elijah for the sake of time, but we see that when Elijah said that it is enough, God did not rebuke him. God did not sit back and say, well, you know what, Elijah, I should have picked somebody else to do this. Because if you're going to sit back and say, you know what, it is enough, I've quit after I brought you through the brook, I brought you through all of that what you come through, I, I, after you prayed the prayer, you sent fire down from heaven, you know what, if you're going to say that, I should have picked somebody else. No, that's not what he said. But we see in verse number 5 it says, And he laid and slept under a juniper tree. Behold, an angel touched, which is the Lord, touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. What does he do, brother laddie? He makes him a meal. What does he do? He makes him a meal. He doesn't sit back and rebuke him. Brother Brian, there's been some times where he could have sat back and rebuked me. But he sat back and he made me a meal, brother. He made me a meal to knowing that I need to sit there and just think about it. He made such a meal for Elijah... And I, like I said, I'm not going to talk much about food here tonight because a bunch of hungry Baptists won't go for the sake of that. 
But for the food, God sits back and says, you know what? I've made you a meal. Verse number 7 says, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time. Ain't you glad that he comes not only once, but he'll come again. But he says in the second time, and touched him and said, arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. The journey is too great for you not to eat the spiritual food of God, not to eat the bread. I like what one preacher says. It says, the Bible is not a cake for special occasions. It's a daily bread. Don't pick this thing up when you're going through something. Don't pick this thing up and you say, you know what? I'm entering into a cave right now, so I think I'll just read the Word. No, when you're on the mountain, when you're in the valley, this Word will do. This Word is not to be, like I said, not to be taken as cake for special occasions. It's to be used as daily bread. But we see not only his depression, but we see his discouragement. He says, what is he discouraged about? He's discouraged about people. Number one, if you're in this ministry long, people will let you down. If you're in it for any amount of time, he says, well, people's not let me down. You either two things. You either lying or you just got saved. Because people will let you down. But see, he's not, not, only his, not only people let him down, but we see his expectations let him down. Because he was expecting all of Israel to turn back, all of the false prophets to turn to God. And if we read back in chapter number 18, like I said, I won't do it for sake of time. But we see in chapter number 18, he's, that where he prayed far out of heaven, he says, How long will you halt between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal, then him. Elijah leads them to undecision. And they make the wrong decision. And he's sitting back and saying, oh, woe is me. Why am I the only one serving God? And how many of you have had the Elijah syndrome where you think, oh, I'm the only one serving God. I'm the only one doing this. So why is it worth even going to church? Why is it worth even serving God? But we see the message here, the danger of lodging. It is so dangerous to lodge in a cave. Now, a valley and a cave is something that God has planned for each and every one of us. It's sad to say that you're either entering a cave, entering a storm, coming out of a storm, or fishing to go into one. Now, you're either in those three phases of life, but we see the danger of lodging in the cave. Number one, it will separate you from the people who care. We see in verse number three, when he saw that he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, notice these next words, and left his servant there. Now, if I'm his servant, if I'm, if I'm putting my feet in his shoes, and I'm sitting back thinking, you know what? Now that Ahab and Jezebel have sent him this note, he's going to stand, at, he's going to point their finger in, his finger in their face and says, you know what? All your prophets have been burned up by fire, and you're next. But what does he do? No, he runs. And as a servant, I'm probably sitting there thinking, but you just prayed fire out of heaven. Why won't you go ahead and blaspheme those fools and tell them that they're wrong? But no, he turns the other way and he runs. But we see the danger of lodging in the cave. It will separate you. Brother Brian, I still not understand it. When somebody enters into a cave, when somebody enters into a valley, what is the first thing they do? Boom, they'll quit church altogether. Why is that the fact? The world is not going to care for you any more than what God's people is going to care for you. You've got people praying for you. But out in the world, they don't care about you. It mainly happens back in my home church. We've seen it multiple times where people have got saved and they're on fire for God. But the first valley will automatically knock them out. And I'm thinking, well, you're not going to get any more help out in the world than you are in church. Why not come to church? But it will separate you from the people who care. If you don't, if you don't, Quit church if you come to church. That's why he says, Why are you preaching to a Wednesday night crowd? We're all here. 
But this could be the last service. She says, you know what, I'm going to go this Wednesday night, and I'm done. I'm not going back because I've been done wrong. You know, this is, I've always heard this as far as people not coming to church. They always, always say, well, you know what, God's people has hurt me. That's why they're out of church. God's people has hurt me. But my friend, there is no greater people on planet earth than God's people. There is no greater people on earth than God's people. But we automatically hear the, the excuse, you know what, I've been hurt in church, I'm not going back. But if you get hurt in Walmart, you're automatically going back to that. You automatically go back to any place that you get hurt. But why is it such church that you have such a hard time coming back to? It's because a preacher will stand up and point his finger in your face and tell you that you're wrong and that you're in the valley that you need to get out, that you need not to lodge in that valley, in that cave. But not only it will separate you, but it will cause you to settle why settle for the cave, Brother Brian, when you can have Canaan? Why settle for the cave when you can have Canaan? He says, but Canaan represents heaven. No, it doesn't, my friend. Canaan represents a victorious Christian life. When Elijah was in the toughest part of his life, what does he do? He lodges. And I'm not throwing off on Elijah because he's a greater man than what I ever would be. I can never pray fire out of heaven. But Elijah sits there and he says, you know what, Lord? Just kill me. Save, save Ahab and Jezebel the time. And just kill me. Don't let them send no servants out to do it. I want you just to take me out. But we said, and see verse number 8, And he arose and did eat, and went straight for that meat forty days and forty nights unto unto Horab, the mount of God. But we see in verse number 9, he does the thing that he should not do. And that's why people say, we know what, man didn't write the Bible. Or man was not the, and God, God inspired the Bible. Man wrote it, I understand that. But if man inspired, if this man inspired and man wrote it, if I was Elijah, I'd say, you know what? We're not putting verse number 9 in there. We're not putting chapter 19 in there. I wouldn't put that in there. Let's just leave it off on a high string. Let's leave it off of me playing fire out of heaven. But no, God puts verse number 19 or chapter 19, verse number 9, because Elijah was human just like each and every one of us. We all go through valleys. We all go through caves. But the danger of lodging in it, it will cause you to separate. It will cause you to settle. My friend, like I said, why settle for the valley? Why settle for the cave when you can have Canaan? But we see, in, in, we see not only number two, but we see number three, it will cause spiritual amnesia. It will cause spiritual amnesia. You says, what is that? Well, spiritual amnesia, any time we go into a valley, or we just come out of one, we, think, we say, you know what, I thank God for getting me out of this valley, but right in the second one, we go into the second one, or oh, I'm not getting out of this one, there's no hope for me. Elijah says, you know what, just kill me. I'm, not, I'm no better than my father. But we see verse number 9, God says, what doest thou here, Elijah? God never intended on Elijah to lodge in this, in this cave. He says, what doest thou here, Elijah? God is not asking that question for an answer. He's asking it for Elijah to know where he's at in that moment in time. But we see it will not only it will cause you, it will cause spiritual amnesia. Elijah forgot about the book. He forgot about all the things that God did for him in the past. But with this, he says, You know what? I just want to die. I'm done. I'm not going any farther. My friend, if he'd have died, if God would have struck him dead right there, what hope would that have been for Elisha? Elisha would have said, You know what? I don't want no double portion of a man that quits. I don't want no double portion of that. Don't give me a double portion of a man that quits. That's why this is a race, my friend. We are to run a race. Do not quit this race. If you quit this race, the people behind you are saying, well, you know what? 
I don't want a double portion of that. I don't want none of that because if they're a quitter, a double portion of nothing is still nothing. A double portion, that's North Carolina math, but a double portion of nothing is still nothing. Don't quit. He says, but it's not worth going on for me. It may not be, but you go on for your children. Go on for the younger people in the church because they can look at you and say, you know what? I want to go on because they go on. I want a double portion of the men in here. I look at this this front row, and I'm like, man, I want a double portion of that. I want a double portion of that. But if all these people, if all these great men of God quit, and I'm sitting back thinking, you know what? I don't want a double portion of that. But if Elijah would have caused, if Elijah would have said, you know what? All those great works that Elijah did, I don't remember those. All I remember Elijah for is him quitting. That's why, you know, when we bring up David, all we know about David is that he committed adultery. We don't remember the Goliath getting slayed. All we want to bring up is David's faults. That's like Elijah. Elisha would have said, you know what? He's a quitter. You know what? He did play fire out of heaven. Yeah, he did. You know, he, God took care. God, God let Elijah point his finger in Ahab and said, it's not going to rain for three and a half years. He did that, but he quit. And I don't want no double portion of that. Elijah's sitting back and saying, you know what? There ain't no double portion for that. But David, we see when David says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David didn't say I lodge in the valley of the shadow of death. David did not say that. But my friend, please do not leave here. Do not leave here saying, you know what? I'm just going to lodge. I'm not going to do anything but lodge. You know, there is nothing more worthless than a Christian, than a safe person not doing the work of God. You're useless. That's why you look at the story of Samson. Look at the story of Samson, for example. He was more valuable to God dead than he was alive. Because he, uh, you said, well, he killed all those people, all those Philistines when, he, uh, when the building came down. That's why I say he was more valuable to God dead than he was alive. And I don't want that to say about me, Brother Brian, that everybody says, you know what? Noah was more valuable to God dead than he was alive. My friend, don't be a, don't be a church pew rider. If you're just going to ride the pew all the way to heaven, my friend, there's nothing for you. There is a work to be done. There is too much work to be done for Christ to sit back and say, you know what? I'm just going to lodge in this valley. I'm done. I'm done. God, you've done me wrong. These people done me wrong. You know what? I packed my bags. I'm going home. I'm done. I'm, I'm done. My pe- the people has let me down. Expectations has let me down. I'm done. I'm not getting up. My friend, that's a dangerous spot to be in. Because when you quit... There's not a whole lot of people to come back in the race. If you've noticed that, there's not a whole lot of people to come back in the race. When you quit, it's dangerous to get back. It's, it's dangerous. You're treading on, on territory that you should not be treading on. You said, now valley is, in a, valley is, like I said, a part of thing, a part of God's plan, and you will go through valleys. But my friend, do not lodge there. God intended you to go through the valley. Everybody, when you give a prayer request, you say, I'm going through something. If you just sit back and listen to yourself, you're going through something. You're not lodging there. Don't, however long, however years I'm here, and I say, and I hear the third and fourth year that you're going through the same thing that I was here the first year, my friend, you're lodging. You're lodging because I heard it the first year, and I've heard it three years down the road. You're lodging. You're sitting there and saying, you know what? I'm just not going to be able to do it. I'm just not going to be able to get out of this cave. My friend, let's hope for you to get out of the cave. But all you got to do is be willing to get out of the cave.